This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the usual suspect Steve get sucked into 2015's The Final Girls, a camp counselor horror spoof film within a film with a heart of gold. Join us as G-Baby actually talks himself out of liking the film and Steve struggles with the concept of demon time. Side quests include Steve's revulsion of Focal Fry and Cryface, an anti-devotional from Kanye West and our campaign against Let's Go. Yurt me plenty, we're going camping. Let's wax this last action porpoise. Chase, don't do that. You see, we, we working on his brow chakra. We're just in back of the crown chakra. All right, welcome everybody to Waxing the Porpoise. Uh, we're here again on episode 24 now to discuss the 2015 film The Final Girls, uh, in keeping with our all horror September and October two month celebration extravaganza. Uh, you've got myself, Jim G Baby. BG. That means a baby gangster. And of course, as always, the usual suspect, Steve. How are you, friend? Doing, doing well, Jim. How are you? I'm doing good. He's supposed to be Turkish. Yeah. Some say his father was German. Nobody ever believed he was real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, we're on a slight time crunch this eve, so we're gonna get right into it. Uh, Again, we're talking the final girls from 2015, uh, one I really enjoyed the first time, uh, and I thought you might like as well, uh, while still keeping with our theme here. Um, so what did you think? Did you like the final girls? Inquiring minds would like to know. I did. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Sweet. Yeah, it was fun. It was goofy. I mean, it obviously doesn't doesn't take, it to, take itself too seriously. I think the only... I wouldn't even say it's a negative. I think the only thing that might change the way I thought about it was it was kind of similar to a scout's guide to the zombie apocalypse that we watched, like a horror movie. That's a comedy that is, it so obviously is not taking itself too seriously mm -hmm. Beca because they were so similar. I just felt like, I think I liked the other one a little bit more. So this one was oh, yeah. still solid, but it was like, Oh, okay. I mean, it's kind of like a different version of pizza that's just not quite as good or having Chinese food two nights in a row, you know, but, uh, no, I liked it a lot. I uh, liked it a lot. Had some super funny characters in it and some really funny parts. Adam by far the best. Yeah. Yeah. He's although he's a I, fucking goof. I remember him being in it more, uh, than he actually is. Um, which that that kind of took away from from it for me for a little bit, but um, uh, well, yeah, they, I was. They, I, 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 sorry, go when ahead. They, when they first showed him die, like when they're watching the actual movie at the very beginning, and they show him die, and that's it. I was like, is that really going to be his only appearance in this movie? Is this like thirty second little thing? But then obviously it wasn't. But I was like, geez, that was. Because kind of coming off the Blake from the last movie, I was like, fuck, are they only going to be able to have these guys for like a day to shoot like a little cameo and then they're gone? But 
yeah, he had a he had a bigger part than I initially thought, and yeah, super funny. Yeah, he he's definitely a bright spot. This one, uh, actually, when I when I was rewatching it a couple nights ago, um, this is one that I actually I was like, you know what, I actually don't like this as much as I did, or maybe I thought I did. Um, I think the, the first time I watched it, I had, this is one of the few movies that like, I didn't look, this was a total blind, like, Oh, Hey, Adam from workaholics is in it. And it's, it's like a horror spoof. And me and Kelsey were both like, okay, yeah, let's check it out. And just kind of went for it. I think that helps with this movie a lot like not Uh knowing what you're in for um, like at all. And because some of the tropes and like the, the spoofy things that it does um, are, would come across like in a trailer, like, Oh, this is like a goofy ass, like send up of like camp counselor, like slasher flicks from the eighties. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize that at all uh, going into it blind. Um, But yeah, it's, I think this one to me, like, well, obviously for me, the rewatchability factor, I think it's, it's definitely got diminishing returns. Like this is a good one. Like you can watch it once or twice and just leave it there. And like, Oh, that was decent. Um, Cause yeah, this last, this, this time I didn't, especially, I think especially coming off of a scout's guide is bad. Cause I, I liked scout's guide like 10 times more than this flick mm. and they are pretty similar. And I think, I don't know for me, like scout's guide just pays off way more because you get the gratuitous violence, you get the gore, you get like cursing. These are all things I like. Um, and the final girls, I will say, I think it does an excellent job for being a PG 13 movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't say scares, but it delivers like it, it feels like, like it's got a, a, a nice edge on it, you know, like it's not a super goofball, like, uh, this is kind of a slog. It's like, it's candy coated cheese fest. Uh-huh. I think it does do a good job for being PG 13, uh, and the things that it deals with. Um, but yeah, this one, it just, I think this was probably the third or fourth time I've seen it now. And it, it definitely didn't pack the same punch as the first time I watched it. So, um, I could, I could see that. I mean, it, it certainly, it seemed to lean really heavily onto the, we are ironically making a goofy spoof, you know, where, whereas I, I don't want to keep comparing it to scout's guide, but scout's guide had like the, the goofiness, but it also was just super fucking funny. So it was further on the funny scale than goofy, like, oh, you know. Yeah, definitely. This one is far and away, like, not as funny as Scout's Guide. And it is, especially for us, just coming off of watching it and reviewing it, it, it's hard because they're kind of, even though it's zombies, it is a similar movie, kind of movie. It's got a similar feel, just done better. So... Maybe that's not fair to this flick, but whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna try to divorce myself from comparing it too much to other things, but when I was watching it, I I couldn't help but compare it in my mind. I mean, 
The cast yeah. in this movie, the cast in this movie is really good. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of good names in it too, or maybe not names, but e- each of the main actors and even some of the side actors are are pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not a super movie geek or anything, but almost almost everybody, I was like, oh, I know this bitch from something, or <laughs> you know, like, uh, so I don't know the the main gal, the the daughter, Max. She's got this thing that I don't know if it would it would count as like today's entrance into the Asperger's corner, but there <laughs> there there are people who have this thing that I key in on, and it's like all I can see. And did you ever watch the league? I've seen some episodes. I didn't follow it or keep up with it. So there's an episode where they're making fun of one of the guys is dating a girl and he's having a problem with her because she has something they call MLA, which is mouth like anus. Like her mouth looks like an asshole. And like, whenever, <laughs> whenever he goes to kiss her, he's all weirded out by it. I have, I have this thing with people who look like they're on the verge of crying all the time. It just, oh, man. it just bugs the shit out of me. And it's not just like a, an eye moisture thing. It's also mm-hmm. like a, like a facial expression thing if anybody if anybody feels like googling two very obscure people um there's a professional golfer that i like a lot he's one of my favorites his name's sam burns spelled just how you think and he looks like he's always on the verge of tears and it's the it's the most bizarre fucking thing or i don't know if you ever saw the blacklist the main chick liz which i haven't seen in a few years i don't even know if she's still on the show but she just always looks like she's on the verge of tears and it it drives me nuts. So what show is yeah. that? Uh The Blacklist with uh James Spader. If he's still on. Oh yeah, I've, I've never seen it. Uh we we liked it a lot towards the beginning, but I think it it kind of suffered the same fate of being so successful they're like all right we're just gonna fucking ride this till the wheels fall off and i think it's still a really popular show but we kind of fell off a a couple seasons ago i like me some james spader that's for sure yeah he's all right and he's just a little he's a little much for me (laughs) but yeah adam's super funny i like thomas middleditch a lot i like yeah, I liked his character in this more than his character in Silicon Valley. I feel like he was just such like a fucking annoying little. I mean, it's <laughs> what he it's what his character was in that show, but just like an annoying yeah. little prick. <laughs> this guy fucks. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> there are some awesome parts of that show. Um. So is the gal with the? It's 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 a weird thing. And it's also weird that you keep, that's your like pet peeve. It sounds like, or a thing that you keep. Yeah. The list is long. Um, it's funny. You key in on that. Is it the main gal, uh, Max? Yeah. The, the daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally know what you mean. Um, that's a, that's a Tysa. I'm assuming that's how you say her name. Yeah, Tysa Farmiga, which I did a, a, about one and a half seconds of research into her, and I found out her older sister is also an actress, and you might yeah. know her from 
well, the only thing I know her from, I think, is uh, that George Clooney movie, Up in the Air, which I actually like. Up in the a Air. Lot. That's, That's a, a weird one. movie that you would like. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a cinematic enigma, I guess, as you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't. I always thought for the life of me, I thought that was her fucking mom because they're 21 years apart. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. And I thought I always thought her name. I when I look at it, because uh, I know her from she's real good in uh, American Horror Story. This uh-huh. Tysa Farmiga. Mm-hmm. Every time I see her name, I want to say Farmajana, and then I think <laughs> eggplant or chicken parm, yeah. and then I get hungry. <laughs> yeah. So fucking breadsticks. <laughs> So I, I like to call her eggplant farmajana. Yeah. Um, well, the other she's been a, she's been in a couple of other things too, but she's she's real good in um, season one and season three in particular of American Horror Story, and she was uh-huh. also in The Nun from a couple years ago, which that movie sucked, but it's I, got some genuinely fucking creepy, some scary fucking moments in it for sure. Yeah, I definitely remember from AHS, as we call it. And yeah, seasons one and three. Those are probably two of my favorites. Oh, yeah. That I can, that I can remember watching. But yeah, and it's funny, the, the gal who plays her mom, Malene Ackerman, fellow Swede. Swedish. She looks so young. Like, I mean, she looks she looks like she could be old enough to be her mom. Yeah, I get that, but. I mean, she was in Harold and Kumar, and that was probably 20 years ago, and she doesn't look like she's aged that much since then, so good for her. Strong Scandinavian Viking genes. Yep, good stock. Um, I think those are the four like main people that, that jumped out to me. Um, Adam from Workaholics, the other two, and Malin. Ackerman. I remembered her. I didn't even realize that's crazy. She is in fucking uh, Harold and Kumar. I remembered her from Watchmen. Oh, I never, but, I never saw it. She's also in uh, the heartbreak kid with Ben Stiller, which is, Oh yeah, hilarious. dude. It's so good. <laughs> We're ready to play part cheesy. Yeah, exactly. That, I don't know why that's one of my favorite parts too. Maybe because Tyler used to say that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Miranda. Uh, <laughs> uh, who else? Oh, the you were a Arrested Development guy, weren't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe is in it. I like uh-huh. her. Oh, Gert. God, yeah. what a name. Gertie. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, she she was good. She was serviceable, and it, everyone else is kind of a no name. Although my wife had to point out that Nina Dobrev was in it, I'm like, who is that? She's yeah, like I Vampire s- Diaries. I'm like, get fucked. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I I've seen her name before. Like when I saw it in the credits, I was like, oh, I feel like I I I just know the name. I don't know from what. And yeah, my my old lady watched watched that show as well. I'm like, oh, oh, I guess I don't know her from anything else. Yeah, yeah. My old lady also was like Degrassi. I was like, 
<laughs> I was like, you know, I hate that show. I make fun of you for it. You hoser. Yeah. Um, yeah, my my wife loves fucking Degrassi. Sometimes she'll get a, on a kick, and they have like twenty five fucking seasons of the shit. So I'm just like, yeah, get me get me out of here. Um, although it is yeah, funny I, to see Drake being a fucking cheese dick, yeah. and and then like, oh yeah, this is the guy that thinks he's a badass. Yeah, started from the bottom in a chair. Yeah, he sucks. He does suck. I hate him. Fuck you, yeah. Drake. <laughs> I can't stand Drake. Ugh. Um. All right. So the, uh, the gal, little fun fact to preempt your piece of trivia, which you probably have coming up later. The gal who plays Paula, the one who's driving the car with Adam in it when they hit the thing and they explode. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dude, probably so, my favorite part of the fucking movie. Yeah. And uh, at the end, when it shows some of the outtakes, like some of the outtakes from yeah. that scene are so funny. Like, let's fuck. Yeah. Uh, those two are married in real life. Dude, that's weird. I wouldn't have known that, but I, in preparation for this, I did a quick like trivia scroll through and I, that one jumped out at me and that like they got, they met during, or I think they, they shared a plane like on the yeah. way to the audition or like the first day of filming of this or whatever. And they just hit it, hit it off. And then I found another piece of info that like, she almost didn't get the role. And it almost went to someone else notable that um, escapes me right now. But um, yeah, I saw that. Too. Oh I no, I think it, it was it was Chloe Savigny who almost played Paula. So I was like, damn, that's pretty wild. Like uh, synchronicity um, <laughs> that it brought those two together. They look like a, a happy pair. So good for them. Yeah, I, I think it was just surprising to me because. They just seem like a weird couple, but I don't know. Who knows? I guess you, I obviously don't know either one of them, but yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. Cause this was, <laughs> this was like six years before they got married, six or seven years. So. Yeah. Another thing that struck me too was Adam Devine's 37 years old. I'm like, wow. what? That's so crazy. He doesn't seem that old. No, but that, yeah, that's really surprising. You could tell me he was 25 now, and I would believe it. Yeah, um, yeah, he's definitely he seems like a Toys R Us kid. I just saw one of his stand up specials a couple of years ago that I thought was pretty, pretty fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I watched it, I don't remember liking it, I don't think. I don't know. You're dead to me I, over. I, I could be wrong. He has this weird thing every time he tells a joke, or maybe he was just workshopping it. But in the special, like he would tell a joke and say something, and most of it was self-deprecating. But the, he does this weird thing, like he'll 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 tell the joke, hit the punchline, people laugh, and then he'll like like nervously he'll like look down into the mic and be like, "That's stupid," and then he'll go on uh, to the next. He did it like twenty times. And I was like. Is that like just a tick or is he trying this out? Like kind of like, uh, it reminded me a little bit of like Kevin Nealon, like when he used to do SNL, like his little weird wordplay shtick thing that he would do. Um, anyway, um, yeah, that was probably my favorite scene him in the, what's her name? Paula in the, uh -huh. when they fucking hit, uh, 
Thomas Middleditch and oh. his reaction is like, you just killed Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, we need to get out of here. We need to, we need to go to a hotel and like, we can just chill, see what happens. And like yeah. that dude, that part, that's probably the standout part for me of this. One thing I really did not fucking like about this. That was like painfully obvious to me with this watch was the whole, like I'm a sucker for sentimental shit as much as the next guy, maybe more. But the whole mother daughter shit in this movie, I feel like really brought this flick down. Like it, it's it's even at 90 minutes, this movie felt like two hours and 15 for me. Maybe it was the <laughs> wow. mood I was in or whatever, but it just felt like a drug ass. And I feel like I was able to pinpoint it every time there was a lull. It was like when. <sighs> Parmigiana and Malin Ackerman are having these weird quasi mother daughter, like one-on-ones and like, mm-hmm. I loved you. And blah, blah, blah. it just, it, there, it totally fell flat for me. There's a, there's a strange duality happening where it's like, we're going to make it super campy and corny and over the top. But then also at the same time, try to make it really sincere and yes, emotional. And and it's weird because like, you know, you're watching and you're like, oh, it's just like a fun romp. But then at the end of the movie, it's like, if you, if you change the way you edited it a little bit, this could just be an entire movie about the daughter who goes through this entire like hallucination because she feels guilty because she thinks that she's the reason her mom died, which she is for the record. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Spilling little bitch. (laughs) <laughs> like it's such a it's such a weird combo of the two things like no yeah i you i think you verbalized what was kind of kicking around in my head that i wasn't able to articulate but i think you nailed it like because it is it's very campy it's very spoofy it's it's a goofball ass movie but yeah and then it plays it like real straight and like tries to hit your you know the sentimentality and like it, it plays it very sincere. I guess some people could watch this and be like, that's a redeeming quality or that it like transcends a fucking spoof type movie. But I just felt, felt like the vibe completely clashed with the well, rest of yeah, the film. It's confusing. Like imagine you're driving down the freeway in fifth gear and you try to just put it straight into reverse. Like your fucking transmission is just going to fall out because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You're doing these two things. And yeah, like I was, I was enjoying the the very creative uh, element of the movie. Like, oh wow, they're in the movie and it's repeating it. You know, like that part of it. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. But then as then as it was going, I was like, how the fuck are they going to wrap this up? <clears throat> are they going to try yeah. to wrap it up in a super silly way, or are they going to try to do like a very genuine, sweet, whatever? Um, and I, I feel like they were kind of in a spot where no matter what they did, it was going to be a little underwhelming because you, you're, but you're basically making two separate movies at once. So how are you going to put a bow on it to satisfy mm-hmm. both elements? And I was a little, uh, I was a little underwhelmed by the ending, but it was fine. Did they make a second one or no? No. Okay. Shocker. I don't think they ever had any plans to, that was just like part of the shtick or i guess part of the i bet i bet they would have if it had been popular 
Oh yeah, if this would have been released, this is like an indie movie. It was kind of shopped around a bit, but yeah, if this, oh, was it? If yeah, if this would have been like slightly more successful and released by a major studio, I'm sure they would have tried to milk it for sure. But I, that's funny. I actually, one thing that kind of saved it is I I did like the ending because I felt like it, it went back into like like goofy like movie logic and kind of ended on like in the spirit of how the rest of the movie went besides this mother and daughter uh, storyline that they're trying to play like very real. Um, And I like to, I think, I think the going right into the end credits and having outtakes from the film was a good call. um, Because that's, I feel like were the funniest part. (laughs) Yeah. That left me on like a high note. For sure. But yeah, I think the, the, the last, I think it's right before the, um, the final showdown confrontation. It felt like fucking 25 minutes of Parmesan Scando, uh, talking in a room poorly lit and like this bathed in this weird, funky blue fluorescent light talking about, you know, I'm sorry. And like, I love you. And like, it just kept dragging. And I was like, dude, this is fucking making me go a big rubbery one right now. What's going on. <laughs> um, but I thought the end, the end part where she does that cool fucking slide and slices his head off. That was pretty neat. And then it goes into that. The, they wake up in a hospital and I like when she realizes they're in a fucking movie and it shoots to like, uh, a can of tab, a Rubik's cube, a fucking oh. gizmo gremlins plush on the counter and the music. It's all like, <laughs> that was kind of fun. But, uh, one thing I guess, and this is fine too, cause we can break up the formula. We don't need to fucking synopsize the movie or like go in beat for beat. Um, but one thing that struck me this time too, I was like, uh, I think this is my third watch. It's like, um, it's a pretty cohesive or I, I, I think they, they assembled these different flavors together pretty well in that. Like if you had to compare it, it's basically like, uh, last action hero mixed with a little groundhog day. Um, like a sprinkling of, final destination maybe and like crossed with you know or injecting a spoof cheese ball elements into you know 80s camp counselor slasher movies like you know obvious influences and send-ups are on friday the 13th and all those all its various iterations um sleepaway camp the burning takes a lot from the burning from 1981, which I liked. Um, but I feel like, I feel like it weaved all of those different kind of elements. Like you have like some time dilation, some weird time shit, like in groundhog day going on, obviously with last action hero, you have, you're in the movie. It's a movie within a movie. And then you have the horror elements and then, um, yeah, so I, I, I kind of like, in general, I liked the conceit of the film and like 
it, it does feel, even though it's like a spoof and it's, it's, it's obviously paying homage to a lot of things and there's clear references. Like, I mean, Friday the 13th, for sure. The killer is that's it's Jason Voorhees, basically um, like a cookie cutter version. But I think the way that they unpack all of it and, and serve it up is done in a cool, interesting way. Um, I think that's the best. That would be the the best thing I have to say about it is that it feels pretty unique, even though it's it's playing off a lot of things that have already been done. It's paying homage almost the whole way through. Yeah, I was I was reading a little bit of trivia about it, and I was like, Jesus Christ! There's so much like, oh, this was in, you know, this is to make a reference to this old horror movie. All right, all right, mm-hmm. I, I I get it. I mean, I don't, I didn't really get a lot of that or frankly care but like i get why people would be into that part of it yeah like people are fans of something like oh shit that's a that's a callback to you know pj souls you know or that's the you know that's a callback to a character from friday friday the 13th part two you know and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that um so yeah, th- this definitely caters to like uh, people who are into horror, and especially like the like in eighties, the eighties, late eighties slasher. I love the part where uh, what was that gal's name? Was it Vicky, the like slut chick? No, not Vicky. Um, Tina. Tina. She's yeah, she awesome. Does, yeah, she does her crazy dance, and she's like luring yeah. him in there, and then she immediately just turns around, trips on the tripwire, and gets her head fucking cut off in the bear trap. Like, I think that was my yeah. favorite death scene. Like, whoa, shit. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it being PG thirteen, like I feel like they were able to like finesse that in a way that where it it didn't feel like this is a kids movie. Like, yeah. Or even with Thomas Middleditch when he catches that fucking machete to the side. <laughs> you know, I remember the very first time I was like, oh, like not a jump scare, but definitely startled me. And it, and it kind of like, it was like, okay, this dude's done. You know, like, yeah, I thought he'd be throughout the whole movie, you know? Yeah. And it was funny. They kind of lull you into a sense of, oh, well, these guys can't die because they're not part of the movie. And then he just gets fucking wrecked right in the side of his shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I, I like I like the way that they did that, and I guess it's another similarity between this one and a Scout's Guide. That sort of Home Alone moment in the end, where they're like assembling all the booby traps and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I loved all the little set pieces they had in the fucking the bear trap that went awry, and then the. <laughs> The, the gasoline in the bucket. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, the thing, there the swinging the, thing that knocked him into the fucking deer antlers in the front door. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was cool. They had a cool camera shot too. When the, the dude uh, that maybe was into with the earring, like uh-huh. when he, when they, when they, they hit the dude with this like fucking, it reminded me of from predator like the big ass swinging log and it knocks his ass back into the, um, the front door that had a set of deer antlers. So he's like stuck up on there and they're, they're like, Oh cool. Fucking killed him. And 
he like wakes up and he's got this big machete and he fucking like slices it right into the dude's stomach. But the camera shot was like, they shot it from like the killer's POV. And then they did this weird, like 360 drop as he gets cut in the stomach and falls back and hits his head on the ground. I thought that, so they had a couple different like camera tricks that they did. And I mean, a lot of the like the CGI, like that slow mo scene, they had a couple other elements of CGI that they implemented, which I f- I feel like they did really well. Like I feel that's another really strong suit. I think the production value of this being an independent film, um, it wasn't it wasn't um, distributed by like a major distributor or major movie studio. Uh, I think that's a strong point for it as well that I commend. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I mean, movies like this, like, are a dime a dozen, and they're dog shit. But the, I think in in the league that this film is kind of playing in, it definitely rises to the top. Even you know, like with my misgivings about it, with this watch, watch notwithstanding, it's like it it does a lot of things really well. Yeah. Chase, what the fuck were you thinking about here? <laughs> So they kind of like th- these people, they get like sucked into a movie. It's a movie within a movie. And they're kind of like, it's this weird, it, it feels a lot like last action hero. They're trying to like inform like the people, these movie people that are within the movie about what's going on. And, uh, it would probably help if I'd seen it. You've never seen last action hero. Mm-mm. It's not great. It's got Arnold in it. Um, it's it's fine. I don't think it's as bad as it got. It got really trashed when it first when it was released, and it's still not a great movie. Um, I I bet I could find somewhere claiming that it's a cult classic now, or that it's you know it's it's actually good. It's not. It's it's kind of <laughs> shitty, but um, it's still fun. It's still an Arnold flick without gratuitous blood and and guts you know kind of stuff but um it's it's got uh uh tywin lannister charles dance from game of thrones he plays the main villain in it he's pretty fun uh or one of the one of the main villains (laughs) but yeah it's like kid gets like a golden ticket like willy wonka style but it like transports him into a movie where uh Arnold plays a movie star called Jack Slater. And so you have like movie rules and movie logic in this new world that this kid's navigating. Like you shoot a car with one bullet and it fucking blows up. Uh, And then later in the film, like Arnold gets sucked into his world, into the real world. And there's another part where like some dude's getting away and Arnold pulls out this fucking like huge ass desert Eagle. And he turns around and he, he, he shoots like three or four bullets in the back of this car and then it just keeps driving away. And he's like, "Why? why didn't it blow up? You know, like, so that's kind of, that's kind of fun seeing like fish out of water and in both different worlds. But, um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely that element in, in this, in the final girls. It sounds stupid, but stupid movies are fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a good time. I, I don't think it's as bad as as people uh like to trash it for, but um 
Yeah, I guess maybe we'll mix it up here a little bit. We'll get into some trivia. Um, Oh, yeah, this one was interesting. So this film was was developed and co-written by uh, a guy named Joshua John Miller as a way of dealing with the death of his dad, Jason Miller, who who starred as Father Karras in The Exorcist from 1973. So that, I mean... I can understand this guy like kind of working through his demons or like, yeah, the whole mom, the mom daughter relationship. And like this guy, you know, probably seeing his dad, he was a famous movie star, semi-famous, like seeing him grow up on the screen and having like his idea of his dad as father Karras in this, you know, the exorcist was like one of the biggest movies of all time kind of thing, cultural phenomenon. I'm sure that's weird growing up as a kid and like, that's your dad. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I mean, still, though, I really don't like that part of the final girls. Like, all that shit, fucking trim that fat, man. Give me some more slapstick, like, hijinks. Leave Adam in the film a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But um, Yeah, I thought it was funny, the part pretty much at the beginning where uh, Moline or whatever, Swedish lady, gets back in the car and she's lamenting how everyone just knows her from that shitty camp bloodbath or whatever. Yeah. Well, take it off your resume then. Like I know people are going to recognize you from it, but (laughs) when she's looking at the back of her headshot, you could see it on there. It's like, well, if you don't want people to associate you with it, maybe don't put it on your resume. Like imagine if you worked at, you know, Jeffrey Epstein's private Island and you put it on your resume. Oh boy. God. People just keep associating me with that guy. It's like, well, take it off then. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Yeah. Exactly. Um, or in a major league when they're going through the roster of players they're trying to recruit, and they're like, this guy here is dead. It's like, well, <laughs> cross him off then. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, God, I feel like a banker. We shouldn't have to wear this stupid tie. Sorry, Rick. House rules. It's probably my favorite part from that film. Or what about uh, right after that when he sees, you know, his ex, oh, yeah. the new guy's like, want me to drag him out back, kick the shit out of him? Oh, yeah. I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, the, the gal we just spoke of Tina, uh, I guess she Im- improvised her, that entire dance sequence. So uh, that part was so awesome. Yeah. It says she slammed energy drinks to get into character and worked herself up for the frantic dance. That, that dance was awesome. To preface that, like she finds uh the other bitch like really bitch bitch in this movie uh i thought that was nina dobrev i thought she played that fucking just like proto karen like teenager she played that really well i was like i don't like you um yeah well and you know what it is for me going back to the asperger's corner the the gals who have that I've heard I've only ever heard it referred to as like vocal fry where it's like 
I talk, you know, I talk like that, like that. It's like a, like yeah. a Miley, like a Miley Cyrus kind of, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a raspy, but not really raspy. It's like a weird, like I've done a lot of drugs. Um, yeah. That, <laughs> and I, I don't know. It's just that voice thing. Just it telegraphs a certain type of personality and that, yeah. that fit, that fit this character perfectly and it drives me fucking nuts yeah dude i i was just talking to my wife about it i can't remember what we watched it may have been an snl skit or something but there's this chick and she shows up and it's like ding dong and she shows up and she's all did somebody order a bitch uh (laughs) dude that part fucking every time i think about it it cracks me up so fucking much but i can't me and my wife both i was like what is that from she's like fuck i don't know it can't be from saturday night live because it actually sounds funny did somebody order a bitch touche uh i i dude i can't remember what it was it it could have been a little part from a movie it could have been a fucking youtube clip from something but or maybe like yeah. a like a different sketch show like key and peel or yeah it could have been it, w- it was like a quick it was like a quick hitter like a like a montage kind of run through and I like yeah i watched a curl show but curl show was pretty funny that sounds like something that could be from curl show i didn't i i do like him some uh mm-hmm. But I, I missed his show. I only remember him from a couple. I think wasn't he like a guest spot on the league, or was he like a regular? No, he was one of the main guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've only seen a few episodes, but uh, namely and, the Fear Boner a, episode yeah. is probably. Steve, yeah, that's my favorite. Steve Ren is easy, famous nine eleven liar. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Talk about a fall from grace, God. I, I even see that name yeah. like written and it just makes me shudder. It's just like, Oh God, this guy talk about, sucks. Talk about getting trapped in a lie and having to just keep it going for 10, 15, 20 years. Like, no, no, I was there. Yeah. If, if anybody's listening and hasn't heard that story, look up Steve ran is easy. Nine 11. He claimed he was working in the what South tower at Merrill Lynch or something on nine 11. And, yeah. Somebody somebody finally fact checked checked them and they're like, No, you didn't, because they didn't have an office there. And he finally came out and was like, Yeah, I, I made it up and then just had to keep reinforcing the lie for years. Yeah, it's like that scene from Life Aquatic when Bill Murray's like trapped in a lie kind of thing, and he's like, Yep, standard boilerplate. Uh, can't really do anything about it. Um, that's so arrogant. <laughs> Screw off. Um, oh, that's your favorite. I love that line. Uh, <laughs> um, oh yeah. The Tina gal. That's, a, that's another funny thing is so like the, the bitchy gal, she's, she has Adderall. They make it very clear and point out, uh, that, that she takes Adderall. Uh, to be an overachiever and uh, this Tina gal who's the eighties, like party girl, she's already fucking high strung and like, yeah, like yeah, she, she, she comes across the bottle of Adderall and fucking pops a few and God, 
That part's awesome. Like the, and another piece of trivia too, like when she becomes hyper-focused on uh, that fly that's buzzing, you remember that part? There's a fly buzzing around the room. Uh, I guess that part was all uh, ad-libbed. It was like an actual fly and she starts tweaking out about it. It wasn't like inserted or wasn't on purpose and they just left it in. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I I must've missed that. I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember seeing that. Yeah. There it's like, there's something going on and you see her. She's not like in the background background. She's kind of maybe in the foreground, I guess um, you see her like doing this. She's like looking around and like, she's clearly distracted by something. And, uh, it was an actual fly and she, that was her just like legitimately reacting to it. Like looking around while she's on like the Adderall. Um, and they just left it in. But um, a couple of things, I, I guess this movie was quite a bit different uh, than the final product um, in the original script. Uh, the, the kids that get transported into the film, they, they automatically start undergoing like uh physical and psychological transformations after they enter, um, including girls, waistline shrink breasts get ballooned out. Uh, and then Gertie, uh, gets so enamored of her newfound newfound beauty that she tries to sabotage her friends to ensure they can never leave. That was from an early, early draft of the script that, that never made it through. Um, which I thought that that could have been kind of interesting, but, um, it's another one here. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. So like we were talking about earlier with like the weird double storyline going on where it's like, Oh, it's a goofy, fun, campy movie and like a weird emotional story. Adding that, I feel like would just be like another weird third, you know, narrative going on at the same time. Like Jesus, what the fuck is going on with this movie? Yeah. Yeah, and I couldn't remember because it's been so long since I'd seen it. Like, I I wasn't sure if they were gonna do like a Jumanji thing, like where like the the reboot Jumanjis, like they get sucked into the game and then they become completely different characters. They're they're still the same character, like mentally, but their physical appearance changes completely. Like one dude, like skinny dude, turns into the Rock in you know, the Jumanji reboot and then another dude turns into Kevin Hart and then a, a girl like the pretty like Paris Hilton type uh, turns into fucking Jack Black, which that's pretty funny. But I couldn't remember if they did that, like if when they get sucked into the movie, they become like, you know, some arbitrarily like assigned movie character. But obviously that's not the case. Um, you watched the Jumanji remake? Yeah. Come on. Not, not by choice. Trust me. Um, my daughter loves it. She's just fucking. So I was like, Hey man, at least it's not fucking Paw Patrol. Let it, (laughs) let it ride. (laughs) Um, I guess, uh, so Thomas Middleditch and Adam divine, uh, they were kind of clean slate and the filmmakers were just like, yeah, just kind of go nuts. Uh, and so like 80% of their uh, lines and, and storyline characters were improved, um, which I think suits them. and was a good yeah, call. I think they both come from an improv background. 
I wasn't sure about Thomas Middleditch, but it seems like he's got the chops for that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So this, this is interesting too. So I guess the script was originally optioned by new line cinema. Um, but the studio wanted to eliminate all of the deep character moments, mother daughter plot. Um, that's funny. Yeah. I would have liked that. Uh, and it would have been rated R and would have gone a lot harder in the, the horror, uh, direction. Um, but eventually it wound up being produced, produced by Sony and then, and kicked down to like a subsidiary of Sony. Um, a studio, a studio which liked the emotional core that they ended up keeping, but they wanted at the risk or with, with the result being, they wanted it toned down and to shoot for a PG 13. And that's what we ended up getting. So that's when I read, I was like, mm, man, I wish yeah, they would have gone hard bad. R and cut that bullshit out. Yeah. Cause they still that, could have played it for laughs. It still could have been funny. And I mean, they could have touched on the mother daughter shit, but I, I just feel like they, they sunk way too much time into it for me. Ultimately is the, the stumbling block for me, but yeah, it's like they couldn't commit to one or the other. So they yeah. just tried to split the baby and it kind of didn't really land for either one. You know what? I don't like this movie now that we've talked about it for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm pissed. I'm upset. Uh, uh, you know what? The more I think about it, those s- are my fucking quarters. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do wish they would have gone more hardcore, violent R rating. Yeah, I th- I feel like that would have served it a lot better. But uh, oh, here's a little bit of trivia we touched on earlier for the uh, the horror aficionados. So. Uh, the writers of this film modeled Nancy, who was played by Malin Ackerman, after Amy Steele's character Ginny from Friday the 13th Part 2. From, from what Part 2? Friday the 13th. A uh, little Easter egg there. Uh, they modeled her after what from Part 2? Uh, Amy Steele's character Ginny. From Friday the 13th, part two. Friday the 13th, part two is when he doesn't have his iconic Jason um, hockey mask yet. He doesn't get that till the third one. He actually has like, it's like a burlap sack face yeah. that he has tied with like a rope. Um, Friday the 13th, part two is actually pretty good. I I enjoy it a lot. I mean, it's no Jason takes Manhattan, but. Sure. Yeah. That's a story for an, a, another day. Um, do you like the Betty Davis eyes song? I hate it. And I'm so glad you brought it up. <laughs> I, I, I almost put it down as a point to bring up because I hate it. I hate it so much. And I, I can't yeah. even really, I can't even explain why I think part of it might be like that vocal fry thing I was talking about. Before. Oh yeah. I hate it. It, it's also the same reason why I hate Janis Joplin and I'm glad she died young because if she was still making music after the age of 24 or whatever it was when she died, I, I wouldn't be able to cope because it's horrible. The The voice is awful and I just hate everything about it and I'm glad you brought it up. But other than that, I have no thoughts. 
Well, it looks like I'm going to have to break out the red pen on you there, friend. That was actually Kim Carnes, not Janis Joplin. No, I didn't think it I was uh, I was making a correlation where like Janis Joplin also has that kind of vocal fry, really annoying oh, voice. Okay. Gotcha. I thought you were I thought you and were I, under the assumption that she sang that song. No, and I just want to reiterate, I'm glad she died. So Okay. I hate I hate no, that. We are not relations. So. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I hate that fucking Betty Davis eyes song. And I, I saw a little piece of trivia that they were gonna use a different song. I can't remember what it was. But then they decided like to a pick pr- like, like a prayer. Oh yeah, Madonna. She's fucking Madonna. Weird. She wouldn't allow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember that one that what what's that song that Richard like what is it? He used to sing along to it. It was a Madonna song. Fuck. I can't remember it now. God damn it. That's gonna eat me Wait, alive. I can't remember they were, it. The the piece of trivia was they wanted to use like a virgin, or was it like a prayer? Like a prayer. Okay. Um that is a much better Which I song than like a virgin. I can't really even place that song, but um I remember there used to be a song that I used to play by Wig Splitters that sampled God. that sampled the fucking Madonna song, which is actually a banger. Um, I'd have to hear it again. Wig Splitters. I'll have to I'll have to find it and like insert it into here. But um, when you when you move to the Midwest, do you have to become a juggalo, or did you do it just by choice? That was such a good playlist. <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh yeah. So the original script was written, also written with an R rating in mind, but as we alluded to earlier, it was requested the trade-off, uh, to allow for this emotional mother daughter subplot was that they had to turn it into a PG 13 film. Uh, I guess the director, director actually fought hard, um, to keep the R rating and, his his uh story intact um but he he made the uh the concession ultimately to go pg-13 but even though i'm i'm hemming and hawing on that i i still think it's it's worth noting that i i do think they pulled off i i I think they took pg-13 as far as you can take it i think they they even also burned up their mulligan or their one usage of fuck that you're allowed to use in PG 13 films. Um, which I feel like is not capitalized on enough, but I digress. When do um, they use it? Towards the end of the film, she says like, I am not the girl to fuck with or something oh, like that. Yeah. Or I'm not yeah. the one to fuck with. Like they really like, they like zoom in on it. Like here it is. She's going to say fuck. Um, so I like, I, I feel like at least they, yeah, she, she they burned it in a like, good spot. I thought she's like, I'm the wrong fucking virgin. And I remember thinking like, <laughs> all right, Jesus Christ. Did somebody order a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you need to figure out what that is. Cause that I do. Awesome. I really do. I do need to order that. I need to find it. Um, or it could be like Portlandia or something. No, I don't think it's that. I mean, I could be wrong, but 
Uh, I guess the director spent several days hopped up on Adderall while working on the script, which is how the drug found its way into the story. How fun. Yeah. Okay. That drug is abuse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that could be a better uh, script then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this just turns into a hate session, even though I, I liked it at the beginning. Like, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I've brought you over to the dark side. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got on this one. We've kind of all the rest of the trivia we've kind of brought up throughout. Oh yeah, another another song that almost won out over Betty Davis eyes is uh, Belinda Car- Carlisle's nineteen eighty seven song "Heaven Is a Place on Earth." That would have been oh, better. That is such a fucking banger. I love that song. Yeah. Uh, heaven is a place. <laughs> Yeah, that is so much better. Um, yeah. I would have enjoyed that. More. God, yeah. All right. So, yeah, that was the final girls. I, I guess it's serviceable. I, yeah. I will say, if you watch it one time, that's good. Don't don't ever watch it again after that. Um, I think it's kind of telling too. We both enjoyed the the outtakes at the very end of the film yeah. quite a lot. Um, that doesn't bode well. Uh, but so yeah, that'll do it for 2015's The Final Girls. Um, kind of got we got a couple housekeeping things to get through here. I also have an entry for Colloquial Corner. We've taken a break for a few weeks, uh, so we got one there. I don't really know how to categorize this one, um, but uh, this this clip I really enjoyed and I wanted to share it. <laughs> it's uh, Kanye West. Oh, God. <clears throat> which, yeah, we know, but wait. <laughs> I just, this this one tickles me every fucking time and i wanted to share it so are you sure this is the colloquial corner and and not relegated no, no, no. to the the asperger's corner that we talked about earlier no this this is this definitely stands alone on its own um i would if i had to categorize it this would be and maybe i can come up with a bump for it but this is like an anti denzel devotional um okay. so in lieu of of listening to the messianic Denzel Washington drop pearls of wisdom. We have Kanye West. I guess I'll set it up. He's, he's talking about Lady Gaga and how he's, he's really confused about like, I I guess she's a creative, like obviously she's a singer songwriter. She's been in a couple movies, I guess somehow or another. She's also like, she's like one of these people like, Oh, that's a consultant or that's like, you know, or like someone who gets like an honorary degree, you know, like it's just a fluff title or, you know, she does something for this company and, but it's, it's, it's in like a, an honorary capacity. She doesn't really work for this fucking company. She's a celebrity. Uh, and I don't think she's a spokesperson, but anyway, Kanye West finds out that Lady Gaga is a creative director. I think it is for Polaroid. So this nice. is him 
talking about that. down. <laughs> Not really, kind of, but just check it out. Here we go. Well, he's got a fair point. Dude, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, shit. Can you see that? I Yeah. Okay. If you oh, communicate this product, you can make money off the product. Because look at Gaga. She's the creative director of Polaroid. I like some of the Gaga songs. What the fuck does she know about cameras? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, every time it fucking just brings a house down, I can't help myself. What the fuck does she know about cameras? <laughs> For those people who can't see the video we just watched, <laughs> that is the face of man- manic energy. Like, yes. Wow. Uh, oh, fuck. Dude, he was on Ellen but one but time. It's a fair, but it's a fair question. She doesn't know anything about cameras. It's just like <laughs> brand. It's brand association where. You know, they benefit from her name and she benefits from their fucking money. And yeah. I mean, who, who, who the fuck, who knows that better than <laughs> Kanye? Like, doesn't he have like <laughs> shitty shoes that just have his Yeezys. name? That, yeah. Uh, the shoe company is betting, benefiting from his name and he's benefiting from their money. Like, this isn't a foreign concept to any of these people. So I don't understand his confusion. <laughs> i love the fact that he can't wrap his head around it and like the irony that he fucking makes adidas shoes it's like you're a rapper you're not michael jordan well and i've heard i mean you would probably know better than i would about like weird hollywood stuff where people get like if, you, if you're a famous actor with some pull you can get your agent, like an executive producer credit. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know how any of that shit works, but there's a lot of underhanded, you know, behind the scenes dealings that I don't know. Yeah. I've been, I've been seeing a lot of fat guys on motorcycles lately and it makes me so happy. I even wrote that down to make a note because (laughs) Not like, not like explain, not like big Honda motorcycles or the big BMW ones, but, uh, like sport bikes, you know, like a Kawasaki Ninja or like a, I don't know what they, not like a rice rocket, but you know, like the, like a street bike style. Yeah, exactly. Like street bike. Not like a a hog. Exactly. And whenever I see a fat guy on one of those, it makes my day. (laughs) So I thought I would just share that little piece of joy. Dude, oh, I see there's you typing. A, there's another, there's a comedian that has this fucking thing. I don't <laughs> know if I can, uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, fuck. I don't think I can find it by searching through that way, but there's this, it's, it was this little quick short, and it's why just kind of like weird. Why did you just look up? Do I have genital warts? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Note to self, remember to get asswort <laughs> cream. Um, no, it was like one of these quick hitter, like YouTube shorts. And it was this comedian, like kind of a no name amateur dude. And he's talking and he's like, Hey, uh, anybody here, uh, red, red motorcycles. And then the crowd's kind of quiet and there's like one woo. One person's like, woo. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah. It's like, what do you ride? And dead silence. And he's just like <laughs> looking at him and he's like, what do you ride? Still silent. And he's like looking, he's, he's hanging onto this bit and he looks at him. He's like, what do you fucking ride? Like <laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> his delivery of it is so fucking funny. And like the crowd's just like deer in the headlights. All of a sudden the guy who was like, yeah, woo. He's like, Oh shit. He's talking to me like directly at me. But yeah. anyway, I'm lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Uh, okay. So this kind of this, I'll stitch it together, but what th- this will take us into our, into our next uh, segment, one that we've um, slacked on the last few weeks. Uh, so let's get into the the colloquial corner. The colloquial corner. All right. So this week, oh, uh, this is this is one I've been seeing going around, and let me know if you've heard or seen of this one, it's called demon time. No, you haven't heard of this at all. No. Uh, it's, it's very much one that the kids are saying these days. Um, so demon time, the way I've heard it, it's like, um, it's like, Oh yeah, man, all bets are off, man. When you're on demon time or I was on that demon time. I'm like, what does that mean? So here's a quick definition brought to us by Urban Dictionary. Demon time is any time of the night past 11 p.m., a time of pure fuckery when the fuckboys come out to play. People's feelings are not taken into account. An individual might may start saying some out-of-pocket shit. You can be on demon time for anything, like being on demon time with the pussy. You can be on demon time with, I mean, anything. Uh, here's some other examples. Homie was saying some pretty out of pocket shit. He was on demon time. Uh, yeah. So it's like when you do, when you're being like really extra, you're going like beyond normal time. You're in demon time. Uh. <laughs> when all inhibitions are let loose. This term in, the, in this context has been used by a number of well-known artists, including Beyonce, Meek Millie, and The Weeknd. I'm still waiting to hear artists. So, Demon Time, you're not a fan? No. I would it's say a- Kanye just now was on Demon Time. you hate this so much yeah that's so (laughs) fucking stupid makes no sense i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul (laughs) 
even more faith lost in the human race for you? Yeah. That's just... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see you right now because our internet is shit, so we're only doing audio, but uh, I can feel the wind released from your sails right now. So Just imagine me with an upset... Just defeated phase. You know that. Defeated. Like. Yeah. Yep. You have any moves? I'd like to see you incorporate them. <laughs> so that's this week's uh, colloquial corner. Uh, any weird, fun new phraseology that you've become that I'm privy mad to? About? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting really fucking sick of hearing people say. Or referring to the receipts as like proof <laughs> of something. I got the receipts. Yeah, like he's he he don't say this, and I have the receipts. Like I I just hate it so much. I hate it. It's so fucking stupid. Just say you have proof of something. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Elon Musk said that he hates Jews, and I have the receipts. Like, well. If he did say such a thing, just say like, "I have proof." I, I hate, I hate the use of receipts. <laughs> I hate it so much. I'm just, <laughs> I'm so incensed by it. Oh, I wish I had some to knock your ass out. Uh, knock your ass uh, out. Knock your ass out. Yeah. Well, that's charming. Local color. Yeah, uh, I'm not really that, too fond of receipts either. Yeah. Hey, you know one that that I'm I don't really know if I hate it or if I don't like it. I'm just kind of bemused, like why it's shot to the fucking forefront of like like it's used everywhere all the time, and I feel like it came out of nowhere, and it it seems so pedestrian. Like you can't come up with something better. Like, have you noticed the astronomical rise in the popularity of people saying let's go or let's fucking go what is that about don't what is it it's not (sighs) profound it's not like but i i swear to christ it's the go-to for anything anywhere sports music whatever it is something good happens let's go let's fucking go what dude i don't get it I almost don't even have the energy because this is one of my <laughs> this is one of my biggest fucking Asperger <laughs> things. So uh, it, I'm not I'm not going to go into it. Okay. Because it, it has no end. But you know that it's beca- it's gone too far that if you see the Hertz commercials with Tom Brady, their <laughs> their slogan is now let's go. So yeah. They have taken this thing that has been in the zeitgeist for too long, I will say, years. Yeah. And now they're trying to use it as a marketing ploy. And it is so, like, heavy-handed and stupid and forced. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't have the energy. But, yeah, well, it's... Maybe, maybe that's its death knell or death rattle. But it, it it reaching such a like you know what a critical from your lips mass to, 
from your lips to God's ears because I'm so sick. <laughs> I'm so sick of seeing it in every sporting event. And you'll, you'll, I'm not going into it, but it's just, it's a weird phenomenon that something like, like we're in a day and age where shit is so niche and there's so many subgenres, and there's so much like different slang, like goblin mode and demon time. And there's all these things that for something like that pedestrian to like it, I feel like it's like, if you don't say it or if you don't use it, like you're, it's like something's wrong with you or if you don't acknowledge it. Yeah. So if anybody watches sports from the little league world series, which is unwatchable to college to the major leagues of whatever sport, whenever anything happens, you see these guys go, you know, let's Mm. fucking go. Like, let's go. Like, why, why, where are we going? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know where it gained popularity, but I hate it. I hate it all. It's, I guess to me too, it's interesting. Like how something like that small, two words, or three, if you add the fucking, uh, it just like it caught on and it hit this critical match, like or, or mass, like a like a match to flame, and it just takes off. It's just it just seems so weird to me, like that, and it's it's become like its own thing. Like people know what you mean when you say "Let's go." Well, yeah, I mean, it's it, not something it's, new. People would be like, "Oh, come on, let's go, let's let's well, beat your opponent soundly," you know. Yeah. But now it's like that's <laughs> the thing. It's let's go. Well, it's lost its context is what you're you're picking up on. So, like, if you and I are on a football team and we're charging down the field trying to score, it's like, come on, let's fucking go. Let's go. But what you see kids doing now, and I say kids loosely, is, <laughs> you know, they'll, like, have some innocuous moment during whether it's, like, golf or tennis or fucking frisbee golf. And they're just screaming like, let's go. Like, let's go. What? Who are you talking to? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Your parents failed you. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I get, I, I could hammer on that and just like my incredulity of, of why it's like the go-to catchphrase catch all. Maybe that's it. It's just, you can use it. And it is used in every conceivable like situation. Um, it's just uh, I don't like it. It makes me feel. I don't. I don't like it. Um, all right. Uh, so before we shut her down, uh, we do have an email uh, that we'll read here. Um, let's see. So this is from Nate the second, AKA Thon. Uh, he is uh, a friend of the cast. He's one of the hosts of ghoulish university, uh, yeah, which I was go. just on previously. Let's fucking go. Um, uh, also know him from the, the straight chilling community. Uh, good people. He says, Hey guys, Nate here, AKA Thon and the, straight chilling podcast network circles. Uh, thanks for the shout out. And we had an awesome time having J baby on, of course, come back anytime. 
Uh, I added the, of course, um, <clears throat> great episode, even though I haven't actually seen, uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> great episode, even though I haven't, <laughs> Hey, I don't like to toot my own horn. Yes, I do. Um, great episode, even though I haven't actually seen Christine, it's top of my list. Uh, now when I, when I can find it to stream really had a good time with a couple of the tangents you guys got on. I had to do like a 12 page essay for a college prep course on the JFK assassination slash conspiracy theory. The man with the umbrella was totally in on it. Uh, LOL. I know you guys do more obscure stories, but that could be a fun one to dive into. Also Angus rocks. Thank you. I had pretty much forgotten all about that movie. I agree. One of the best mid to late nineties coming of age tales, super underrated preach. Um, used to watch it on stars all the time, either before or after major pain, another oh, banger. Yeah. Uh, it was like a Chris Owen, uh, the guy who played the ginger in Angus, uh, double feature. They used to play anyways, keep up the good work. Nate, the second, AKA Thon. Well, thank you much, sir, uh, for tuning in. Glad you liked the Christine episode. I had a ton of fun on the Christine episode, too. I yeah. think that's probably our best to date. Um, and yeah, fucking shout out to Angus, man. That movie doesn't get enough love. Um, <clears throat> especially for kids that also grew up in the mid to late 90s uh, on the plus size of things. Corpulent youths as myself. Husky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That was a fun one. Um, it's good, man. It's got George C. Scott in it. Fucking great film. Um, yeah, JFK. I think that's too... It's been done to death. And uh, I think that's too unwieldy and just too much that I want to get into on an episode. But I don't know. There are some like like niche like sub-theories and like some pretty funky rabbit holes that people have gone down on that. But I will say there is a fucking amazing intense in depth as fuck, uh, 12 part old school history channel. So this is history channel. Like before it's been bought up by like the universal and NBC fucking division of this and that. And it's super corporate. Now this is like history channel from like 1991, super grainy. I haven't checked it in a while. I should have checked before this episode, but it used to be, and it may still be on YouTube unedited in its entirety. So it's 12 parts and each part is in like hour an hour and 15 minutes long. And I'm surprised if it still is up, I'm surprised that it hasn't been taken down because this shit goes so deep and is so comprehensive and has so many like articulate, like well-spoken people and analysis about the JFK assassination slash conspiracy theory that like after watching that, I took it in over like a two day period on a weekend once and just got super like, uh, what's the shit from, uh, it's always sunny Pepe, uh, Sylvia. What? Like where Charlie's got, Ch Charlie's got the fucking, <laughs> the red string, you know, you know, the meme where he's like oh, smoking yeah. cigarettes and he's in the mail room yeah. and he's got all the dot dude, yeah. total that moment. Like I, it spurned me on to go and fucking do my own research while I'm watching the shit, dude. It's, 
Dead uh, to rights was JFK gay. That's what I hear. Maybe there's some of that in there. I don't remember offhand. I, I mean, I believe he had a live-in man. He was a swinging ass motherfucker, so I wouldn't doubt it. He's like one of those people. I think I heard on a podcast one guy. He was talking about like uh, back in the old days, like uh, like Bartimus Collins. He played like an old Dracula. I think I'm fucking up the name, but he was like, this guy didn't care. He was a fucking savage. He would fuck, he would fuck chicks, guys, dogs, whatever. He was just like, you know, <laughs> dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause he would turn into like a, he would turn into like a Dracula, like a werewolf fucking thing. And he was just ravenous. He was on demon time and goblin mode, probably at the same time. Um, but I, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Dude was into a lot of shit, but anyway, that if anyone can find it and is so inclined to check it out, I highly recommend it. It's fucking awesome. Um, dude, it ties in some crazy shit like the Vatican, like the P2, uh, the, the papacy, uh, the, the, the mafia, like it all sounds very surface level, but they go so deep and are so articulate about shit. It's just like, it was pretty mind blowing. Like to me, that was like the final, like, or the nail in the coffin where I was like, there was for sure. And I feel like they laid it out such that it's like, this is what had to have happened. And I'm honestly, if it's still up on YouTube, I'd be fucking shocked. Um, but I could go on about JFK. That's just super interesting. There's so many different players and so many different things tied to that event and so many things about the event itself, like the brain going missing, the shot that went into the curb. Like there's so it's, it's just, it's laughable. Like, like how people could just, you could buy that. It was this one dude with that Carcano rifle in the fucking book depository. Like, Anyway, um, well, yeah, one of my one of my favorite things about it, I can't even remember where I saw it or <clears throat> heard about it, if it's credible or not. But the Secret Service agent in the front seat who turns with his M16, oh, yeah. who accidentally shoots him. <laughs> so, the, so the one or two shots come down. And then he turns to fire back, accidentally hits him again. And that's why there's the the different entrance. The magic bullet. Ones. Yeah. And then that would explain the cover up of like, oh, fuck, this guy accidentally, you know, with good intentions, accidental discharge into the guy. So, yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. To me, like one of the most damning pieces of of evidence or lack of thereof is uh, his brain going missing, like from where he was killed to the hospital. Um, And it was it was never accounted for. It's like that should be like the biggest red flag dead to rights. It's like, yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't want people to know and see the exact like entrance pattern and like everything, like where it impacted, it's like, yeah, just ditch the fucking brain. A lot of people don't realize that too. If you're like, yeah, they lost the fucking brain. They're like, what? Look it up. (laughs) Uh, Uh, yeah, that conspiracy shit. I, I just, it's, it's fun. 
Um, yeah. Any final thoughts, sir? No final thoughts. All right. You heard him. G baby. That mean of gangster baby. You can reach out to us on uh, via email at wax at waxingtheporpoise.com or hit us up on one of our socials, Instagram, we're waxing the porpoise or Twitter at waxing the porp. Um, gotten a couple more ratings, kept our five star intact. Keep them coming. Smash that like, hit the bell, subscribe, <laughs> whatever the fuck. Uh, good or bad. Give us some feedback. Let us know if you're liking the show, if not, or any, any other input, or if there's anything funky or weird that you'd want to hear us talk about, we're open. So, uh, let us know. Looking forward to next week. We have confirmed now we're going to have, uh, Chris from channel 83. will be joining us, uh, next week where we'll be covering, uh, a lesser known, uh, film from the year 2000 called Versus. It is a Japanese zombie horror fucking madcap uh, movie that is pretty weird. <laughs> and uh, it's it's pretty intense, but it's, it's rad as shit. And uh, Chris has a background in uh, Asian horror, and he's just like a cinephile um, to begin with. And he has actually a lot of uh, specific insight, particularly into uh, verses. And I think it's going to be a great time. Uh, so be sure to check us out next week uh, for that episode. And fuck, I should have had this up before. I, I think it's available somewhere. And it's not just for rent. I could be completely wrong, but let me double check real quick. Um, I remember looking it up. I was like, fuck, I feel like this would be more obscure than it is. Well, so it's a short story. It is only available for rent. Um, yeah, it's from the year 2000. It's on Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Vudu, Apple TV. Um, check it out. It's a fucking awesome movie. It's really, really fucking cool. And I think it fits in with the theme of deep cut, spooky, spooky season. We'll keep the train rolling and uh, we'll see you next week. And thanks for joining us. Bye. That's patently absurd. I'm not even human.
Take that last little sip of rodeo to drink a beer. 